Welcome to the Wireless Lamp, the uh, Wireless Professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Such a retard. One job. <laughs> Welcome to the Wireless Podcast, where the beer flows fast, free, and frictionless. I'm your host, I guess, Christy Roberts, here with Alan Blake, Brian Dodds, and our roving reporter, Dan Jones. What are we talking about? Um, Quap. <laughs> I tell you what, these intros get better and better every time we record. They get worse. They get worse. Oh, well, it's because Dan's not here to kind of, you know, control and orchestrate from his landlord position. And where are you now, Dan? KFC. KFC. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Dan, our roving landlord reporter, is, is, is where are you? He's on the road, he's in KFC, and he looks like a DC comic villain. That's all I can say. He looks like a poor man's joker. <laughs> Let's be honest. What, what are you getting, Dan? What are you ordering? Is that a, is that a family feast bucket for one? <laughs> Have you? Oh, what is that? He's got, he's got oh, a vegan burger. burger. What's wrong with you? He's got the vegan burger. What is it with vegans? Is he trying to be trendy? Ah, oh, because he's been out with Mac and Matt, hasn't he? These, these few days. Uh, I, did, I, had a, I had a vegan burger. It was amazing. No, it wasn't. It was. It was, it was you talk about I mean, right? Alan disconnected now, will you? I was like eight beers in, so it might be. I don't know, but we just need to kick them out. We'll kind of have this. This is, this is all sacred. Next, he'll be drinking fucking fruit beer and shit. Well, Chateau Nerf de Pap. An IPA, Chateau Nerf de Pap. Nah, this needs to stop now. Really does. It's terrible. Oh, well. Oh, well. How you been, boys? Not bad. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has. I mean, our last recording that we we did record and uploaded it to Dan, if he's listening, he hasn't published it yet, by the way. It is in the Dropbox. Yeah, yeah, don't look at me as if to say, uh, it's in the Dropbox, you just haven't released it. So all of our kind of one or two listeners waiting on tenderhooks for the latest episode of the Wireless Podcast, they're going to be so disappointed. Who's that? German and some other dude from Germany? They're going to be disappointed when it's released because it was quite... We had an exclusive, didn't we? We we did, yeah, but... I didn't realise it was in the Dropbox. Sorry. Are you too busy ordering KFCs and travelling around London, mate, aren't you? Who, who goes to KFC for a vegan burger? It's not a vegan burger. <laughs> it's, a, it's a boneless banquet. Mate. No, it's not. You've got the vegan burger. I've seen the green on the box. Don't the give spineless me banquet. That. What have I got this green on the box? You, you've I gone. Tits. Get out. You've gone to the... Do the chicken shop which shell which shells which sells chicken <laughs> fries chips made out of chicken. Do they? Yeah, they're really nice. I didn't know. I've had a I've had a vegan burger from KFC. They're all right. I've also had one from Burger King, and I'm waiting for That's... McDonald's to bring out the vegan burger equivalent as well. And I don't think they have yet, have they? No. Oh, they've got, got the they've got the veggie the burgers. Breeze. The breeze of one was good. 
Was it? Yeah. Apparently so. All right. Anyway, boys. So, so Dan gets in his car. He's on the road. Um, have you muted him? And he's going to be munching and he's going to be scoffing his his banquet as he drives. Now he's took his mask off. He's oh, put putting really. a bib on. Look at him. He's this, putting did, a bib on. Did you did you have your oh, mask on while you were driving in the car? <laughs> is he one of these? Is Dan one of these guys that wears a mask in the car on his own? <laughs> <laughs> he is, isn't he? I bet he is. Come on. <laughs> oh well. What are we drinking then? What are we drinking, boys? I'm on the Peroni tonight. And the Corona. Woo! What are we drinking then, Chris? Well, you know, I like to have a short story to back up my drinks. And today I've got a very short story. Um, and I think you'll like it. I've titled it. It's called Party at the Rear. Okay? So, once in a blue moon, you get butt come. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And I know stories are supposed to have a start and a middle and an end, but I, I like to leave the middle open to interpretation because you don't really know how I got book come. Coming it in. <laughs> Mate, is there going to be a sequel? <laughs> Tune into the next episode of the Wireless Podcast. <laughs> Me with a limp. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ryan? What are you drinking? Oh, I'm back on the good stuff, son. That is... What is it? Death by is 500 that... Cuts Botanical Rum from Brewdog. Oh, okay. Oh, I've also got no. vodka. Was, uh, that is tremendous. That is probably my favourite drink at the minute. Is it? And I got that from a friend for installing his new Wi-Fi system at home. Oh, nice. Who's your friend then? Because I'll go on and fix it for did, him. Did, <laughs> did you buy it for yourself? Did I buy it for myself? <laughs> No, uh, Dan, Dan, what are you drinking? There's absence. You're driving. You're driving. Why? You, why have you got all of those bottles of um, Budweiser on your on your seat, mate? You, you, you can't, Dan. You got to put that back. You'll get you'll get arrested. You can't do this. Oh my mm-hmm. God! You're driving without any hands on the steering wheel now. Oh my God! His how many bottles of Bud have you had? Jones. He's traveling across London towards Bristol. <laughs> so if the uh, British Transport Police would like to pull this man over. That's <laughs> To be fair, my car literally drives itself on the motorway. I, I don't have to do anything, so I can quite happily have a conversation. You could look out the window, though, at least, you know. Uh, I do. <laughs> it, it drives itself. It's fine. Is it a Tesla? It'll, and and I'm there with Dan's last words. It'll, it'll beep at me if I need to do anything. <laughs> it drives itself. Crash. <laughs> Crash. We'll, put va- we'll put the vacancy up for a new landlord next week. Hey, you what, though? Think how many views we'd get if that was on YouTube, though. The thing is, demonetized. Yeah, I don't think that would be great. Great viewing. Right, anyway, anyway, let's start talking about something useful. Like what? Quap. I Christian went for a quap before the show. <laughs> <laughs> we did, didn't it? We had to wait for him. <laughs> we had ten minutes. Well, he's got the kids up at the pool. He's lost 70, 70% of his body weight. I don't know if you notice, my face is still a bit red. <laughs> so did you, uh, did you, did you have to, did you have to wait for a contention opportunity to, uh, to, to get into the toilet or, or did you have to, um, you know, wait 
100 um, TBTTs. That's uh, what's it? What's that again? Ta- ta- tag it, Bab. <laughs> Transmission time. You had to send a couple of a couple of packets before you got there, didn't you? Yeah, did. He did. Well, the, 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 so the story behind this, if anyone's kind of listening right now and going, what are they all talking about? Is it congratulations to Christian? He's passed his CWAP exam. Well done, buddy. Really well done, mate. It, it's it's a fucking tough exam, that. Really bad. Ah, it's bizarre you've, you've taken it, though, because I thought you were moving away from Wi-Fi into management. Yeah, you've just well, took the not, hardest not, exam you could possibly not, take to become certified in Wi-Fi. Not into management, into non-Wi-Fi things. But I got on the course with Peter... Uh, in April time, and it came with a free exam. So I thought, uh, why not? I'll give it a go. It's good. I'm planning on um, doing that course next year, actually, you know, for the um, the 304 exam, as it changes. Uh, yeah, that's the other reason I thought I'd get the exam in, because it changes in October. So mm-hmm. at least if I failed it, I'd have had enough time to book in a reset if I wanted one. So how so much preparation and study did you do? Uh, I did Peter's course. Um, and then on when? Saturday, uh, when? April. When did April? you do Peter's course? April this so year. April this year, right, yeah. cool. And it's now July. So it's taken you a few months to kind of absorb all that information and then be ready to sit the exam. So have you been studying since you took that course or have you literally just relied upon your your, your technical brilliance and your I, amazing memory? I've got the books They're on the shelf. Did you read but... any of them? No, did you practice? Did you study? I, I decided on Sunday to start studying and I just did the practice exams and I got like 85%, 75% in my first go. So I thought, fuck it, that'll be enough. And then uh, <laughs> last night I, I did open the book and I did the practice exams in the book and I got like 70, 80%. So I thought, oh, yeah, whatever, give it a go. But it was a difficult exam and I was shitting myself because the first 10 questions I literally pressed mark on all of them oh fucking hell this is going to be a shit show and most of the problem is i don't use spectrum analyzers i don't really use protocol analyzers day to day so although i know what the tools do and i know what i need to do with them if i do ever use them sometimes i forget the terminology and that, that they were the ones i struggled with most to be honest with you but i got 70 percent, so yeah i got enough yeah passes a pass me it doesn't matter yeah. what i'm glad i didn't waste any more time on it now to be honest the the, the issue i find with exams is there's a lot of stuff in there that you never know if you've never you've never known the chances are that you don't really need to know it um to to do it day to day and what you end up doing is just cramming all of this stuff in your head for one day and then the day after like uh, yeah I, I do think that the CWAP exam and course is a bit different because it, it's been written by peter who who's lived and breathed this stuff for years and there's a lot of useful stuff i mean learning how clients go to sleep and wake up don't ask me how because i've got no idea um but stuff like that and learning how clients behave and how they interact with a wireless network day in day out is is really useful and it were, it were a good course i went on and i definitely recommend it um but obviously peter wrote the course and so knows exactly what to teach you to pass the test mm-hmm. not that he teaches you just to pass a test he teaches you the content but it's, it's based around an exam is written so can't really go wrong, can you? You're a bit of a rabble roser, rabble roser, a rabble rouser, whatever the fuck that is, um, on Twitter, because for the very first time in a long time, I actually got involved in a Wi-Fi tweet. 
that I never really bother with because I just find that they just can escalate into something that is just just crazy and everyone comes in with their own opinions and everything else. But you put out a good question, actually, didn't you? About, um, what was it again? Go on, remind everyone and then put it to Ryan, see what answer he comes with and we'll put it to Dan and see what answer he they come with if they've not already seen the tweets that we've we've been putting out. I missed this. On this particular. I missed something. Clearly. Yeah. So Christian, this is a okay. great opportunity. Go for it. Now, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of options, so you're going to have to bear with me. It'll take about 10 minutes. Um, I'm joking. Beacon frames <laughs> are normally transmitted at what interval? A, 100 milliseconds. B, 100 time units. Is it time units? Whatever. C, when contention allows. D, A and C, A being 100, and 100 milliseconds, and C being when contention allows. E, which is B and C, which is under time units and one contention allows, or F, none of the above. B. What? Uh, Dan saying what? B. B, 100 time units. Okay. Ryan, what are you saying? So let's, re- 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 let's well, recap. No, no. I- I'll put it in the chat. I'll put it in the chat. So, so just just to recap, what it, what they're saying is they're giving you three specific answers, which is 100 milliseconds, 100 time units, and when contention allows it, that's A, B, and C. And then they're saying there's 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 five overall. The first three are specific singular answers, and then you've got the fourth and fifth, which is a combination of is it A and C or B and C or is it F? None of the above. So so that's what they're kind of asking you. In this particular, this it particularly is, worded question, it's it, it's technically it is when contention three. allows because everything's when when contention allows. Uh, is contention right. normal or not? Right. Well, we need Ryan. An- we need Ryan's answer first before we can discuss this. So uh, it's an open. So I wouldn't have said 100 milliseconds because the 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 free the, the beacon frame rate could um. Could be increased so i would have went with 100 tu and when contention allows because that's just common sense like you, you can't you can't transmit hey ryan you're a dick i hate you i would have expected you just to say b and just be like me and dan well no because the 100 milliseconds that that one whilst that one is right because most people do have their beacon you mean 100 way. you mean 100 time units not 100 milliseconds 100 time no, units no, I'm talking 100, about really, 100, 102 milliseconds four. is the first answer so but but by default people call it 100 milliseconds rather than 102.4 well, but because you change the beacon free, uh, interval I would have said it was that one because that is a bit of a, a moot point so then really it leaves 100 TU and when contention allows contention allows because well that's just Common sense. How, how Wi-Fi works. Yeah. yeah. But that's bullshit, though, because this, this is the thing, right? So I responded. The answer was B, I said. Well, you, I right? bet you fucking responded, didn't you? Oh, I... Well, I didn't. I, I, don't, I don't normally <laughs> respond to stuff like this because I just don't need to just show off my my intellectual brilliance when, when it comes to Wi-Fi because everyone knows I am. I am the man who taught Peter McKenzie everything he knows, right? Anyway, the point of, <laughs> I was bored. Was packed, ready to go because I've just come back from a, a week in Scotland, and I figured, what's going on in Twitter? And Christian put that question, and I was like, ah, someone else had responded, and they got it wrong. I think it was James Whitehead. He he'd responded, and I don't think his answer was correct. I think he said 100 milliseconds, but I was like, no, 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 
The actual answer, I think, that CWMP, who wrote this question, not Peter McKenzie, but CWMP were after, I think was um, 100 TU, which was a technical um, answer that they, I think, had worded because they, the way they worded the question, and Christian, can you repeat the question again for me so it's clear what the wording is? Beacon frames are normally transmitted at what interval? So what is an interval? So I, I thought they were trying to catch you out. And this is why I hate exam questions, because they're really sneaky at trying to catch you out. They're not really trying to test your technical knowledge by, so by saying, look, what's the answer? Because technically it will be B. It will be 100 TU is the official kind of standard that once that's expired, yes, contention must then occur. We get it. You could say that for everything. But when you actually list all those different options in the answers as, as kind of viable, and then you turn around and say, well, B is the actual answer, but then let's put in C and then let's not just put in just one or two as in, sorry, let's not just put in um, B and C as when as 100 TU and when contentionized. But let's also say, well, let's have a combination of it could be B and C or A and C. It's like, well, technically there's four right answers in my head. The question becomes ambiguous. It then makes it a mockery of that it's poorly worded. And that was what I was trying to make the point of on Twitter, that these types of questions really piss me off, which is why I don't take exams, because a lot of it's not about testing my technical knowledge to understand, have I have I learned something? It's about trying to make me, I don't know, think outside the box, but the wording of the question doesn't actually specify anything else other than an interval. But what yeah, is an so, interval? So you're, you're hang- Alexa, define interval. <laughs> interval is usually defined as... An intervening period of time. It's just a period of time. For more, ask me to give you so, definitions for interval. Fuck off. So the fact, so the, <laughs> so the fact is, right? Here, my argument is this, right? So the so fact that, is that they gave. That's the reason. That's the reason why. Go on, KFC man. What you, you stop licking your fingers? Were they finger licking good? What you just there? <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's why the answer is B. No, it's not because. because well, content it is normal or not? No, no, no. Because the question is, what is the interval? Contention doesn't have to do with the interval. Agreed. That's it what I said. If it too. changes the interval, but an interval is just a period of time. If, if contention extends right. the interval, it's so is, is contention no, 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 hang on, hang on. by the nav timer. A hundred no. Contention is not measured just by the nav timer. There's there's DCF process, isn't it? Because you've got the back off timers need to expire, and then you've got all the well that's what happens once you've well that's that happens um at layer uh, layer one and layer two but doesn't that the back of time is the last thing that occurs if there's still no energy detected and there's no one transmitting and the medium is idle that's when you can if you like send the beacon in in this case right but the point i'm making is that they specify an interval which is singular what they've done is they've added singular answers, 100 milliseconds, uh, 100 t- time units, and when contention allows. And then they've added additional answers that says, well, it could be a combination of A and C or B and C. So what they've done is they've kind of made it so ambiguous and, obsc- and obscured the actual meaning of the question full stop to say, well, in my head, there's four right answers, but... I argued that that's the problem with exam questions where they become too ambiguous, where they, they try to be overly clever rather than just test the person's knowledge. I get it. 
it's about making you think outside the box. And But you could say that about anything, that contention is the be-all and end-all of everything with any other question that's similar to it in nature. What I'm getting at is the, the question was badly worded. And Tom Carpenter, bless his heart, responded to Christian's tweet and said, um, I think he responded and said it's effectively B and C. But in the book, what is the answer, Christian? What is the answer in the fucking book? I'm just trying to find it because... You said it was still, B, you tweeted it. it. It is, but it's still quite ambiguous. Uh, surely, it, surely it has to tell you what the answer is. It can't just be ambiguous still in, in the text. Does. Because what's the point of the practice uh, question if it's ambiguous? Well, one second, I took a picture <laughs> of it and put it online, I think. But So the answer is, the correct answer is B. Beacon frames must contend for use with the medium like any other frame. And they are often, by default, sent once every 100 TEU. Whilst this is similar to 100 milliseconds, it's not that. It's divergent enough over time. So the answer says it's B, but it also says it's, yeah. it's C. It says it's C as well. It, it, but, yeah. but, that, but to me, it's like, it's a given that content, contention has to occur. We, we kind of get that. I don't think it is. I think a lot of people think beacons happen at the same time. And that is the clock and the heartbeat of a wireless network. But the whole point of how that question is phrased and the answer is to make you understand that it is, you know, the target is every 100 TU, but contention does happen and contention will change it. If you ask anybody who, who probably hasn't studied CWNA and they're just getting into wireless, how often a beacon happens, they will expect contention to take place for a beacon because they will expect every client to be sitting back and listening. But that's not how it works. No, and that's fine. That's not what I'm arguing against. What I'm arguing it's against a- is what the question says the set the question doesn't say anything else other than the interval it says interval not intervals there are two options in the answer c or d or e whatever it is that says when contention allows and 100 tus it's like you can't have it both ways is what i'm getting at you can either kind of be specific with a singular answer request which is what the question's stating and then you can then say b is the answer and if i'd have selected b and got it wrong and failed my exam i got 69 percent. i'd be pissed off wouldn't you? Yeah, but I passed, so I know. <laughs> but it was, but it was a good debate. I thought. It was a good debate. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's a, but it just shows that these types of questions need to be thrown in the bin because if it generates a disagreement amongst peers, where people will misinterpret the question, and especially for non-native English speakers as well, that could be even worse, yeah. right? To how to interpret these kinds of questions now. Kudos to Tom coming out and saying what he said <clears throat> that, um, you know, they, they, they scrutinize these types of questions and it was a practice question within the book, but I just think that we, I, I, I just found it interesting and it was just typical that I got involved in a, 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 I just responded for the first time in a long time to a Wi-Fi question. And then all of a sudden it just went and it was great fun. So cheers for everyone who uh, got involved in Mikhail, you owe me a tenner bitch. <laughs> and, and just, just so everyone knows the questions in the exam weren't anything like that. So don't worry about it. They're genuinely difficult. Uh, Yes. To the point, there was one, um, I can't remember, it was was around interframe spacing and how you calculate certain interframe spaces. And I I just said, it was 25%. Can you name them? So we're going to get it right. Can can you name name the interframe spaces? What's the fastest one? (sighs) SIFs. SIFs. What's that stand for? What's the S stand for? Basic. I don't know. Google it. Got, uh, short. Short. Yeah, short. 
As and what, comes after, what, what, what comes after short? You tell me. Isn't it a diffs? Diffs. Dif, the diffs is differential. Uh, then can't it's say that word. EIFS, isn't it? Arbitrary. And then there's a there's an you mean E and then there's an A AIFS. Yeah, that's what I said. What's, what what is it? What does an AIF AIFS do then, Christian? I'll make this 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 hammer Christian with quap questions. <laughs> Just to prove he could to prove he actually learnt something and that he doesn't throw his CWA certificate on his wall and get it framed <laughs> and pretend. I think well, I'm, while we're looking in the book, I've got a computer. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It is a bit crap, isn't it? Because a bit quap. Because you do these exams and they could literally ask you anything on any topic that's within the the things. But it's it's physically impossible to learn everything and remember it all for the exam. And like I say, you end up just cramming up all this stuff into muscle memory just so you can pass the exam. It's not because you don't know your stuff or you're not good enough. It's just, you've just got to do it to say that you've passed the exam. In in reality, I think it holds a bit more water that if Christian's done um, Peter's exam, if Peter does like a little assessment at the end of the course and says, oh, actually, I, I think you've you've done good enough and I think you've passed the course, that should be it. Like ACSA. <laughs> <laughs> Drawn dogs. No, I don't think so. But the thing is, right. I, I haven't done Wi-Fi as a job in nearly two years now, so I, I'm I'm not going to know everything. Uh, obviously, I've, I've, I know enough to pass that exam, um, but I don't pretend I'm an expert. It's it's so, more of a more of a sad hobby for me at the moment. Shall we shall we round off this conversation because there will be some technical nerds listening in, right? So German will be sitting there chomping at the bit, going, "We haven't named all the interface." Into frame space. Yeah, we got it. We got it wrong as well. We forgot about the riff. Yeah, the well, yeah. But who uses riffs these days? Um, I was going to put that to Dan actually while he was munching on his KFC. But where's he gone? Has he been pulled over? Do you think? <laughs> Probably. Have you ever met someone outside at road? He, Probably he's been vegan burger. For eating a vegan burger. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Dan, come in, Dan. Hello. All right, and so so. So into frame spaces then. Can you name them all? Yeah. Go on then. No. No, I said I'll give no. You a clue. I'll give you a clue. They all they end don't. in IFS. <laughs> <laughs> and only two begin with a vowel. <laughs> Riffs, sifs, piffs, diffs, eifs, and eifs. <laughs> well, hey, there you go. We're done. Finished. Okay. Thank, we had to. We have to be more technically um, astute with our podcast yeah. because we've got some, you know, clever people listening. So we need to make sure that we round it I'm off. I'm sorry. No, let's let's back up a bit. You're the CWNE. Oh. You are the de facto expert, right? Put your hands in the air so I can see you're not googling. When are riffs used? I don't know what riffs are. <laughs> What's a riff? I, I know it's a riff and a guitar stuff. when you. <laughs> I know, I know it's a guitar riff, isn't it? It's like you know. Ding, 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 ding. What That's is it? A riff, is it, no? is it re- it's something like reduced. It is something, yeah. isn't it? It's but, something to do with that. That one's that, that one's a higher priority, isn't it? 
wanted yeah, to yeah but it, it was so, it, when you when you got it, wasn't it superseded with aggregated something i can't remember it, exactly it can only it be is. using greenfield ht which means it's never used yeah there you go <laughs> so it, it, there's there's so much stuff that you really don't need to worry about that and this is the thing I'll say, just because you are a pseudo and E doesn't mean to say you're an expert in all of it, right? And I'm the first person to admit. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I got mine, I got my set nearly over 10 years ago. Uh, oh, did I? No, 2013, I got it, sorry. And that was when I was like big into Wi-Fi, you know, doing it all the time, every day, all day, learning it, wanting to be the best at it. But eventually you just, you, you will realize that it's not the be all and end all of life. And there's a lot more other people who are way cleverer than you that will be the ones that will want to take it that one step and provide the blogs and the tweet updates and everything else. Let them guys do it. I'm the kind of person who's happy to get by on what I know because I don't need to know what Riffs is or does because it's not going to be applicable. And if it is, I can just do a bit of a research, read the book and go, ah, okay, remind myself what it is and how it's applicable. And then that's it. I don't need to have this, this deep yeah. encyclopedic knowledge that's, of everything that's, technical that's related to C, CWAP, it, it's not necessary. It, it that's is. What, that's what CWNE is, though, isn't it? Because you don't pass an exam to get it. You, you have to almost prove you're a rounded individual. You've got to have a non CWNE qualification. You've got to write an essay. You've got to you show projects you've worked on. You know, it's not about your in depth technical knowledge of, of Wi Fi. It's about how you apply the knowledge you've got to Wi Fi and the wider. Networking ecosystem. Tell you what, I, I did hear, uh, it was a couple of weeks back, if not a couple of months back on Twitter, that because I've, I've never heard of CWNP turning down someone's application, but I did hear recently that they turned someone's application down for not having enough real world experience, I think. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't, that, that, wasn't, that, wasn't that German? I don't know. Yeah. I think so. And I, I found that weird because. He's one of the cleverest, cleverest guys I know. He genuinely is. And I find it funny that he didn't get the CWNE. But then when I read through the requirements, it is, it is a requirement that obviously you've got to have some real-world experience. But I'm pretty certain he doesn't even manage a wireless network. No, it's, it's not his job. Is it not? No, I don't think so. And I think that, that was the issue. Because if you want to know, like, anything in any of these books if you're not going to ask Peter, you can ask Yerman, don't you? Yeah. Just because see, I, I don't know he knows. Yeah, but Yerman, like Yerman may not know everything and he, what he'll do, he's, he, he will go away and he will research and understand it and then explain it to you. That's the difference yeah. and that's the point I'm trying to make, right? Yeah, Even so Peter McKenzie at some point won't have the exact answers. He What he will do is he will go away and find out what the answer is and then he'll make sure that he articulates it to you in a way that you will understand at the level you're at. That's the difference. And that's the point I'm trying to make with anyone who is worth their salt, who are great teachers, regardless of whether the CW is or not. It's how you can translate the technical information to the person who's at whatever technical level they're at that isn't at the same as you. That's how you help them understand the technical concept. Just because you don't know it doesn't mean to say that oh, you're rubbish or you're not a very good representation. That's bollocks. It's literally a case of we've... I've done what was necessary at the time to qualify to be CWNE, and it's always a learning pro progress. You know, you don't stop learning at all. There's new technologies. I'm looking forward to AX to come in because I'm bored to tears of Wi-Fi right now. I, I, it's the same stuff being regurgitated over and over again. I'm looking forward to AX coming through, 
and we have all of these new labs and these new packet analysis and we have all of this information that we can kind of share and understand how FDMA works properly and BSS culling, all the wonderful features that's going to exist in AX. And then we're going to have six gig as well. And it's going to be great because it's going to rejuvenate the passion, right? But at the moment, there's a lot of people who are, you know, are brilliant at what they do, but I can guarantee you they won't know everything. And it's like, you know, there are people who are just sponges that absorb this kind of stuff, like the Devins and the Keiths and Peters. But there's a lot of people who just literally would be like, I don't know, why do I need to know this? Just because I've got a badge doesn't mean to say that I've got to know it. All right. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Do you guys understand that? Yeah. Anyway, you put I'm me under to... too much pressure. If you're going to, if you're going to keep calling me out on my badge, I can't do this. I'm going to wilt. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to pull out of the individual apparatus event finals. I'm sorry, lads. I've, I've, I've decided my next uh, is not going to be wireless. I've, I've spent, 10 years in networking now, I think. Um, so I've decided I'm finally going to go for my CCNA. <laughs> I've got a week's course at the end of August. Awesome. Next girl. Well done, mate. Um, you'll get a CCNA and um, you'll be looking for jobs on the help desk next. Yeah. Expired. Looking forward to it, actually, because they've refreshed that course, haven't they? Um, and they've got some DevOps stuff in there, which apparently I need to know for my it's, job. Uh... I think mine expired about four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, I did. I did the exam probably about it'll have been about eight, nine years ago. But the day before, I had, I had like proper bad sickness and diarrhea, and I literally had to rush my way through the course, the exam, because I, I wasn't going to make it. I had to leg it to the toilet as soon as it finished. Failed like good. What a relief! <laughs> toilet. What kind of diarrhea did you have? Was it rear end or verbal? Explosive. <laughs> so, I want to talk about um, something else now. We've uh, we've beaten the crap out of that subject, haven't we? Um, yeah. oh, I'm gonna sound effects. Literally towards the end. <laughs> so, I want to talk about mobile field day. Is that how you pronounce it these days? Mobile field day. Ability field day. Oh, sorry. All right, man. So, Dan, you attended. How did you get the invite? I, I mean, you must you must be special, high profile, mate. You know, I just got an email, just hit me up in my DMs. It was uh, it was good. Um, just saying, hey, do you wanna do you wanna be part of Mobility Field Day? I was like, yeah, sounds good. I like I like asking awkward questions. <laughs> Like, like what? What, what so, kind of uh, questions do you ask? So, yeah. like, you know, what colours your underwear on? You know, that kind of thing? Or Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> question. Um, no, but you know what? I, I really enjoyed it, actually, just in the sense of um, like a group of people that are asking questions not not to be annoying but because like you always get this thing with the marketing stuff right where companies come out and they're saying oh it's going to be this it's going to be that it's going to be this it's going to be that and what i like about them really all the texting is get people that are using the stuff day in day out asking questions that like if i was listening to a presentation they're the kind of questions i want to ask um, so yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. 
everyone, right, is that it now, is it? Is that- no, no, no. So, so, I mean, I watched a few episodes that were streamed. Um, not all of them, because I just, I just, just didn't, because it was just timing more than anything. But um, there was a lot, yeah. I mean, for, for you then, do as a kind of uh, what are you an attendee or a panelist or whatever it is that you're termed? What is it? You're a panelist. Delegate. Yeah. Delegate. Sorry. So, in terms of when you're a delegate, obviously there's a few of you there as well, because um, we saw, I guess, Mr. Batman was a delegate. I think uh, Avril Salter as well. She was a delegate, and a few, a few others that Peter. I noticed. Um, yep. Yeah, Peter McKenzie. So, do do you feel like? Um, do you feel like you, you, you have to ask questions? Uh, were there anybody that was on as a delegate that was like just wanting to absorb or are you specifically picked because they ask you to kind of ask the kind of probing question to be inquisitive as much as yeah. you can about the product, try and see through the marketing bullshit and waffle and get to the kind of crux of what is it that it really does? Is that kind of why they want you there yeah. in order to kind I of think- put that question to the presenter? Yeah, I think so. I think the the whole point of the the whole setup of it is that people are more likely to watch it because you've got people asking questions that, as you, as you're listening to the presentation, you you'd want to ask, right? Um, I think that's that is the the strength of that event in the sense of, um, you know, there were a few, and like, so there's like two parts to it, right? There's the live streamed public part, and then there is also like the kind of, um, like I guess like chatting after the presentation, where you can, where you can probably probe a bit, bit more. You can ask something like, you know, if I was thinking, uh, I probably sound stupid if I ask this question. I'll just hold on to it. There's like a non-recorded bit where you can ask that question. So that's where a lot of my questions came out. So I was like, I'm going to sound like a plebeer if I ask this question. I'll hold on to it for the end. Um, but yeah, no, I, like, I, I, do you know what I really liked as well, though, in terms of like being a delegate, having to sit sit down, was that I've done it before, much like you just said there, Al, where I'll like pick and choose the vendors that I watch, the videos that I watch of the vendors, because I'm interested in what they're doing or you know, I'm, I'm, I've got product out there from that vendor or something like that. What I, what I really liked actually about being a delegate was I had to sit through presentations I wouldn't normally watch. So I, I got exposed to, you know, kit that I wouldn't have necessarily, you know, spent my, my time just, just looking at normally. Um, I really liked, I really liked that actually it was, it was good to kind of i guess like broaden your horizons on it so in terms of other vendors that you wouldn't normally watch which one stood out then in that case which one was like ah, oh, wow that was good and i wouldn't have watched this otherwise um so the fortinet stuff this is where ryan's like oh Oh God, he's, he's just suddenly, he's just, he's got a semi on now. Look at him. <laughs> I'm, saying nothing always, and I'm, I'm keeping away from this. He's keeping still. I am. Um, it's, it's not um, right for me to, to mention anything. So I, I will keep still. Right. And so, and so Ryan, obviously in like our messages to each other and stuff has said, oh, you know, you should check out the point. stuff. You should check out the point. stuff. It's like, okay, fair enough. Right. 
Um, but actually, when they presented it and they were like showing some of the stuff you could do, the biggest thing for me was the fact that the Fortigates are the wireless controller, but you don't have to have a Fortigate. Like, you can just have the APs cloud based. Um, just that flexibility of it is not something that, and Ryan's probably told us that before. And I just thought, oh, Ryan's gone into vendor speak, so I just shut down. Um, but, <laughs> but actually, like that flexibility is really good. And like, um, you know, in their presentation, they're obviously coming from like a security background. Um, and in their presentation, you know, they were doing a lot of like networking, AI ops stuff and talking about, you know, how that system works. I wasn't too bothered about that stuff because that's not, that's not where I, I get involved. But like the, the actual hardware that they had, they were talking about their 6E stuff that they've got coming. Um, you know, they, they were explaining about a lot of, a lot of things that I just, I wasn't even aware that Fortinet did. And I think the, the problem with Fortinet is that they're a security company first and the networking company is like, they're not massively known in my circle, certainly in terms of networking. Um, and I think it's a real shame because actually I think they've got, they've got some good kit there. So be interesting to see how, if, you know, if, if that was like the start of them engaging more, like how that, how that plays out and how that works, that'd be, that'd be cool. It is, it's, um, it's one of the most, uh, I'll be honest with you, it's one of the most underrated products out there, the FortiGates. Um, if, you, if you're a security person, you know FortiGates. Um, FortiGates genuinely are yeah. some of the best firewalls out there, uh, if not the best. Um, I'll tell you that they're the best. Because they are, <laughs> other people might, other people might uh, disagree with that, but it, they are really, really nice. I, I started my career in, um, in working with Cisco firewalls, Cisco picks firewalls. They're moving into ESAs. Honestly, th these are an absolute breeze. They're a breath of fresh air. They really are. A great price point. They do a lot in the box, and the, one of the best things that people don't realize is they don't license the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Some advanced features like all of the um, IPS definitions and stuff like that, you do need a license for, which is fair enough, right? But they're not going to say, oh, you want SD-1, you've got you to have a license for that. Or you want to do um, extra throughput on these licenses, like the Cisco ISR did, you had to have a throughput license. What's all that about? Yeah, like the box like is capable of, of, doing, of doing X amount of throughput, but you've got to buy a license for it. At, that's that's awful <laughs> and it's not cheap the world of being a the world of being a software company it it's awful it's it, I, i'm glad i'm away from all that now but um i'm glad christian said uh, dan said what he said because it's exactly as it is um we've got some great products we've got some fantastic wireless offerings and it's good to see that people are becoming more aware of it because the uh, loads of people said Fortigate do wireless, and I'm like, yeah. And they say, well, Fortinet do switches, and I'm like, yeah. People don't realize; people just think they're a security product. And yeah. like Dan said, by getting in front of the people who make these decisions, like at Mobility Field, they're these these architects, these designers, and developers, then it's going to be good. Isn't that the same as Juniper, right? Juniper do Wi-Fi now. 
don't they? They do wireless because they got missed. But yeah, they are the yeah. same. They're, they're switches, firewalls. Now they do Wi-Fi because yeah. they bought missed and they've amalgamated it into their portfolio. And so they're quite versatile and diverse in, in what they offer now as a, as it is, a network of solutions. It, it's, it's funny because what we normally see is a, a big vendor buying a wireless company and then that big vendor engulfing that wireless company. But I think we missed. It's refreshing that we're almost seeing the opposite. You know, Juniper have had switches for years and love them all like them, they're there. But now they've bought Mist, they're starting to put some of that Mist smarts and the Mist intelligence into the Juniper switch stack and the routing stack and stuff like that. And I think I think that's refreshing to see. Um, and I'm sure Dan probably saw some of that at Mobility Field Day. Probably yeah. to talk. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like, um, it, uh, yeah, it's exciting again, like with, with Mist, with Juniper, like seeing like you say, Chris, like how, how they're bringing that almost like that new way of thinking, that new way of controlling, that new way of actually using this data. Like the, all of the, the vendors, it's all about and how, you know, finding root cause and, you know, all this kind of stuff. It feels like, it feels like missed are doing something from the rest. Um, and I, th I think, like, so, so many, uh, in terms of, like, the, the, thing that, the thing that I like about the way, the way, the way, right, so, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, articulate. What I, I know, but we can't hear you. Your comms is breaking up really bad. But you've you've frozen like you're in mid orgasm. Oh, <laughs> it looks like he's doing cool. something from uh, S Club Seven. Can you hear me? Someone. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really fresh. Oh no! Oh, oh, it's... oh. oh, hang on! Oh no! Now he's got the smug look of I've finished. <laughs> 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 Oh, is it still oh, finger yeah. looking good? Right, tell, me, tell, tell me when I'm here. Let me know. I'm just about to go past Stonehenge, everyone. That's probably why we're getting the interference. Uh, yeah. I can oh, hear you guys. I was going to say, like, so Juniper for me were always like a data center company. It was always, it, it felt like it was far away from the edge which is where I which is where I was working right and and it feels like with the kind of integration of mist it's working it the other way around they're starting at the edge and they're working their way in um and yeah like again the stuff they were showing at mobility field they like they're not standing still they they have like an advantage and they're it feels like they're pushing home that advantage rather than sitting on it, which is exciting because it means everyone else is up in their game as well. Yeah, and I think when when Juniper bought, bought Mist, everybody thought, oh, it's because Juniper wants a wireless offering. And the more I see of it, the more I think that probably isn't the case. They wanted to buy the, the artificial intelligence and core platform, and wireless was just a bit of that. 
Have you lost your comms as well, Christian? No, I finished speaking. I went for someone to join in. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was uh, I was asleep. Um, what did what did you say? I'll have to watch the recording back again. I'll do a wanker. <laughs> I um, I found it uh, interesting. Was the I don't know how you pronounce it. Salona. Is it Salona? Is this the? so this is the cbrs offering so this is something that interests me because it's kind of like offering the 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 private lte version but with access points over unlicensed spectrum which is available in the cbrs range so you're not having to i guess bring in a uh, a, a telco company that's going to manage it for you you can kind of utilize the technology that Solana are using, which is the same as LTE and 5G technology in terms of using it over, I guess, the CBRS frequency, which is interesting because that to me means that you can have ownership of the network infrastructure to a degree rather than Solana. This is a bit I don't fully understand, but maybe Dan, you can tell me. But that was my understanding that it's not necessarily a Solana offering a fully managed service over their equipment, you can actually own their equipment. Like you could buy a Mist AP and you could buy a Cisco AP. You can install it yeah. and you can run CBRS. Yeah, you, um, you just buy it, buy an AP. And, yeah. And, and you, you, you have a controller and you, you run it like you would, a, you, you run it like you would, a, you know, a Wi-Fi network, but it's using LTE instead. And um, did you see the, did you see the eSIM provisioning that they showed off? Yeah, I did. And that was pretty it good looks, as well. It looks awesome. You just scan it, it, a QR code and then bang, that's it. You're connected to yeah. the network. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I think the problem I have, I mean, what, the reason why I'm so interested in this, obviously in, in the industry that I'm kind of submerged in, which is you know shipping terminals and whatnot, we've got a lot of requirements to you know upgrade and optimize the, the wireless communication for automation, that kind of stuff. And Wi-Fi is just just crap. It doesn't, doesn't work. You know, we can't get... The latency at the end of the day to support Profinet, Profisafe protocols, right? So we have to look at alternative wireless solutions, and you know, there's a few out there, such as LTE, private LTE, um, and you've also got 5G, which is coming. Uh, you've also got things like Fluid Mesh, um, which is again proprietary wireless communications, and you've even got you know weird stuff that Siemens offer, which is using um, uh, PCF over wireless, as it were, right? Which is the old-fashioned single um, uh, was it PCF, which was the point coordinate point function, coordinate which is, yeah. yeah, which is, you know, charge. yeah, exactly. No one really uses that because it's kind of like it existed, but we don't teach that. So you have to go and kind of find out what that's about and do your own research. But Siemens have a solution that is, is based around PCF, but it's trying to find the right solution that works for all the client types that you've got. That you've got. So when you're dealing with, you know, cranes and cpe devices attached to those cranes they're pretty much dated and they're physical devices that basically have a built-in radio and an, and, a, and a kind of network interface that you can kind of plug a ethernet cable into and it just uses the radio that's on that cpe device being able to then upgrade that cpe device even though it's got a sim creating a virtual sim aspect is not going to happen you're going to have to replace a lot of these the the cpe hardware devices on a lot of our equipment and i can guarantee that 
it's not going to happen because they won't want to reinvest in something that's got to be eSIM compatible or eSIM supported. So there's a lot I mean, of cost you can, involved. You can still you can still use a normal SIM. You don't have to use an eSIM di- for CBRS. It's a different radio, though, isn't it? And it's not. Yeah, that, that's that's the other issue we can use. Yeah, you have. To, sure. We have to replace the CPE devices right now based upon the country in yeah. which we're operating within. So that's where I was kind of going. But you know, in order to kind of bring in a CBRS equivalent solution from Solona, which to me is appealing. But there's not enough spectrum in all does, parts of the world which this shipping company I, I, I does, kind of consult does, with runs in. So no one, we have to kind no, of wait for it. Does no one do LTE over unlicensed spectrum? Because LTE is is not spectrum dependent. It's just how it's how it's deployed. Yeah, so you had LTE AA, wasn't it? Or something like that? Assisted um, access. But I think that was more about offloading, wasn't it, rather than... Mm, or was it... Uh, maybe there's some other letters and stuff that I don't yeah, care some, for, but something about fire, I think, or one of them. Yeah, now it, it seems to me we so I deal with a lot of telco companies trying to provide solutions for um, wireless communication for our terminals um, across the world, and you're dealing with different telcos in different parts of the world, depending on where you are geographically located. Um, the, the problem is, is that LTE is managed services by the local telco company. And they will give you dedicated bandwidth because they paid for it. So they need to get their return on investment effectively, I think, is what these telcos are looking for. They're saying, we've got this spectrum that can be exclusively used for you and your devices. And we will give you this much bandwidth and we will give you this much throughput. That's it. And they're trying to offload and sell that as a managed service because they've obviously spent billions in exclusively having that dedicated, you know, frequency you know, for, for, for that sole use. So I'm talking about the likes of, you know, Ericsson's and the Nokia and the Telefonica's of the world. Um, but to actually have an alternative solution like Solona use a license um, spectrum that is pretty much clear, I think it's, was it 3.5 gigahertz? Is that what it operates in, if I remember rightly? I've not paid any attention to this until watching this presentation because I just managed to just watch it and it was just perfect timing. And I was thinking, ah, I really need to focus and look at this because I, th- I think it could be a viable solution to the fluid mesh, which I'm not a massive fan of. Fan of um, it's not fluid mesh, it's... Um, Cisco's uh, ultra wide reliable. It was band. Yeah, that, that, before Cisco bought it out. But basically, it, it's a proprietary system, which basically means you need dedicated radios to run over five gig frequency, and you still have all the same DFS problems and all that crap that comes with it. Even though they kind of have dual radios, and and you know that they they claim, but that's marketing claims. But I do like the Solona concept. I, I think it interests me. I just realised that obviously CBRS is US predominant, whereas they're trialing in Sweden and probably the UK, but it's just very much brand new. So I'm hoping that they do a lot of successful yeah. trials and it means that they're, it's they're more trying, adopted. They're trialing, they're trialing in the UK at the moment and it's a it's a different frequency from CBRS that's available in the UK. But, and, and we don't have the, we don't have the, what they call the SAS things, the, the, the license broker stuff we don't have yeah. one of those in the uk in the eu um which obviously is all set up and running for cbrs in the us so they they're having to come up with a different way of doing it in the uk but like they said that like because it was one of the questions i asked them and they said like they're literally actively working on it at the moment to have a solution that is more available <laughs> everywhere but like but, like where 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 I was today, there's like a, a 
a big network and they use they're using uh voice over wireless and they're having issues with it and like this this would be a perfect solution for them they've got business critical voice applications and business critical other stuff that you know in the center of london is virtually impossible for them to get a clean bit of spectrum from to use for those things right especially when they've got thousands of people walking through their doors every day so you know with hotspots and whatever else on them and you know all this kind of stuff that you can't control or being able to just offload that business critical stuff to something that isn't congested is a massive massive bonus massive plus well in in most of our lives six gigahertz is going to probably solve a lot of those scenarios but i think alan your problem probably isn't throughput it's reliability and access to the spectrum because you're not going to surely you're not going to be streaming high throughput stuff you're just going to need access no, to that spectrum all right okay no no no, no, no. so this uh, is the thing right the, the reason when you're dealing with automation you need imagine a i guess a crane straddle carrier or the the the, the rugged tire gantry as they're called that actually takes a container out of a shipping yard and drops it on a truck or even takes it off the truck and dumps it in the container yard that thing if it's automated the amount of cameras that it will have on it cameras yeah that's that's the crux of it it's cameras i, I, so, I was thinking it was i think it was just coordinates but no cameras, the irony yeah, is yeah. so 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 here's the thing there's a separate gps system actually located on it that tracks it but you need to send um, the communication, the data traffic through the through another method, another wireless communication, which in this case could be Wi-Fi. But this is the bit that is where you've got I/O devices talking with PLCs, and that's programmable logic controllers, I think they're called. And the idea is is that you know when you're dealing with Profinet Profisafe protocols, which is kind of I guess a fail-safe to make sure that in the event that I guess. The, the you know the crane veers off course or there's an incident where it needs to be able to stop without human intervention the idea is that it, it can do that and there needs to be this kind of minimal latency of almost like eight milliseconds or less in order to maintain this heartbeat you're not going to get that type of latency with wi-fi you need to have that special type of communication wireless communication with low latency which is which is then also able to send all the CCTV footage because it can't be sent over the dedicated GPS um, tracking where it just locates and says it's here. But when the thing's moving, when this crane is actually moving around the yard, you know, it's got all these cameras, which is all part of its sensory so that it all doesn't right. crash into things and doesn't kind of... And the, the problem is, is that when it stops, it needs someone to kind of go and kind of start it again. And that means someone getting off their ass, put their donut down, walking into the yard, and that can take time. And that could mean anything up to half an hour. And imagine that happening all the time. You know, operational throughput is going to drop. And I'm talking about production line here, operations of so is that is that not a problem with the fact then though, that you're like offloading all of that cognitive load away from the crane back to a central place? Like if you could, if you could have that cognitive load happening on the crane, then you wouldn't have to send so much data back. There's no, liability the, the, though, isn't there? If it, if the, it... the problem is, is that the, the, the crane itself is a node. Think of it as a node on a network and it has to have yeah. a, it's, it's just it's just a dumb terminal. It needs a brain to tell it what to do, where to go. 
That's the problem. Yeah, sure. And and I but imagine my, the problem the it, problem is that it, the crane is probably older than the stuff that controls it. So people are retrofitting a crane with more intelligent systems. No. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. yeah. But so instead of replacing only... the crane, instead of replacing the crane with a brand new sexy crane that knows exactly what's going on, it can wiggle its butt and stuff like that. You've got a crane that's been there for decades and people are making it more intelligent as time goes on. And because there's different disparate systems connecting together, you need... Well, let's let's talk about a good example and I'll give you an analogy from a Tesla and a car that Dan's driving right now, right? If you were to make Dan's car that he's driving right now like a Tesla, what would you need to do in order to make it... would, would, Would it be more hard work for Dan's car to become fitted with a very clever electronical brain that is tesla like versus just building out a brand new set of testers and giving them the test in the first place because that's effectively what you're saying there right yeah i don't think the example works but i I get where you're going because a car well no because a car's a car (laughs) people get new cars all the time and new cars with better features replacing the car and replacing the crane a complete two complete different things it's like me replacing my house because i want to put cct i was going to say it's better it's better to have the analogy of a house like adding smart home stuff to your house rather than bashing your house down and rebuilding it with smart pieces built in. Yeah, and like with my house, I bodge it together with smart shit all the time and it never works properly because I've done it. But I'm not going to rebuild the house to make it smart. I'm going to add smart things to the house and that's what that's. I think that's what it sounds like is happening. But it's beside the point anyway. It, you know, so you, need, you need the high throughput. Could you... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the difficulty with your situation there, Al, is that you need high throughput and low latency. You literally need, like, the Rolls-Royce. Like, surely the only thing that can do that is go to you. Yeah, we've lost Dan, but it's, 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 not, it's not IoT, is it? Because IoT just needs to talk every so often to do its minimum. And you're talking about an entire... It's effectively a robot, isn't it? Screaming telemetry back yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's 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 like a production line, but the production line isn't inside a factory. You know, it's actually outside a two and a half kilometer square feet, whatever you want to call it, distance. You know, that that's that's the challenge that that we have, and you know, LTE is definitely the way forward, but it's a very expensive solution. So what we're trying to do is work out ways in which we can look at other options. You know that are more cost effective that are easily manageable because you've got all sorts of issues with you know geopolitical status of economies around the world that telcos may or may not provide that type of sla that would guarantee that you know it's the the base station is going to be on all the time all that kind of crap so there's all sorts of other things that we've got to consider which is why looking for something that's off the shelf and you can manage like wi-fi is kind of the way forward but that's not viable right now. Could, well, could you not do that in a few of the areas where CBRS is available as a test case and then work with them to come up with solutions for other markets where you need it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's definitely something that we I'm going to explore um, in the next few weeks with, with, with um, Salona just to see... The viability definitely in the US. I think it's a good opportunity there. Although we don't have as many problems in the US as we 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 do in other parts of the world, but I think if if 
TBRS is prevailing in the US. It just makes more sense to kind of pilot it there, right? I, I agree yeah, with yeah. that. So it will definitely be. But 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 going back to MFD, Salona and everything else, I was like, wow, for the first time I've heard about it, but I never really gave a shit because I was like, I, I don't need to know this. I, I'm not, I've watched a few presentations at um, WRPC. I was like, ah, okay, sounds good, but I've got no interest. I've got no need for this stuff yet. Wait until it's matured and then see what happens. But since obviously the problems I've been dealing with on a daily basis at work, it's like, ah, now I'm taking note. So mobile, sorry, mobility field day was superb for me when watching that presentation. It was like, ah, now it's applicable. Now it's appropriate. Now I need to get involved and now I'm going to have conversations with them. So it worked perfectly for me in timing. Would you guys not just use 6E? The 6E, I think with 6E, it's going to be good for probably five to 10 years, but then we're going to run into the same issues we have with 5 gigahertz. Sure. So in fact, if you look at, if you look, you know, apparently the next iPhone is going to have 6E. We've got yeah, Intel right. chipsets with 6E. I said apparently, whatever. But <laughs> I don't know why won't it. Apple backed Wi-Fi 6 before it were standardized, before 5G. They won't. Uh, they, they, yeah, they won't. All right. Won't but anyway, okay. as, as I, soon I, as I'm willing to put money down, what I'm not bothered. But the Samsung devices with it, you know, as soon as <laughs> soon as Apple release a device, Intel have released their chipset, Samsung have released a device. It's going to be a waterfall of devices. It's not like you know five years ago or ten years ago when we saw whenever 11N came out, whenever 11AC came out. It's it was gradual, and they even released AC in gradual waves well, two waves, so you didn't get the big landslide of devices, but nearly every laptop where I work supports Wi-Fi 6 now. That's before we've even done anything with infrastructure. You know, the devices are there. Everybody's got them. As soon as the 6E... The X120. Yeah, um, and, you know, iPhone support it, Samsung devices support it. Every every device I can think of supports it now. As soon as 6E is released properly devices are going to be using it and then you're going to get the contention problems which doesn't really the bandwidth problem is probably solved for alan but the reliability might not be i don't know yeah that's that's the crux of it we don't know and here's the thing we can't wait for 6e we, we need to solve our problems now i mean you know the, the business is saying we need a solution now work with what's available now and it's not wait for something to come out otherwise we could sit there and say well let's wait for you know, something that's in development in 10 years' time, then shall we? It just doesn't make any business sense. And so that's you, the crux you won't of it. buy some of this Salona stuff then? No, I'm not saying that. I've said I'm interested, having watched Mobility Field Day, about well, the Salona no, presentation. I'm not it in a bad that, way. I'm saying, like, it's a good thing that you, you found something that could work and go and get a few demo units and whatnot. It, one, one thing that I've, I've started seeing over the past few years is that the local councils around us have started enabling smart traffic lights but the, the sort of retrofitting the traffic lights and the traffic control systems and the cameras with uh it, it looks like it's tdm type stuff on 2.4 or 5 gig um and <laughs> the, the more the more you sort of look into how people are tackling iot the less wi-fi becomes relevant and i know cwmp have made the iot exams which you know the rebranded from um i can't remember what it was before but it's now wireless technology forum or whatever wtf They've stopped talking about Wi-Fi and they're focusing on wireless as a more generic sense. And there's a clear sign that as Wi-Fi professionals, as you lot are, 
we need to start looking more into non-Wi-Fi technologies to solve problems. And it's not just about what technology is more readily available. It's what technology best suits the use case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right there. Like, there's there's always going to be a l- looking at what's going to fit this scenario best. We're not because it- wireless engineers anymore, and I've said this for a while. We're mobility engineers. We're mobility consultants because we don't specialize in Wi-Fi as such. Uh, especially like Alan, he's moving away completely from it in his day job. Christian, you couldn't get on a jumbo jet and fly away and still not be uh, far away enough from what you do. But ultimately it's, it's up to us to evolve as engineers and learn these different protocols. And like you say, um, we have to almost pick a different solution for these things. We can't just keep saying Wi-Fi is going to cut it because yeah, we all know it doesn't in, in, in a lot of cases and it's not going to go away from the office. You know, we're still going to have Wi-Fi as, Sometimes a primary means of communication and connectivity. Um, we're, mm. we're not going to get away from that. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Two for thought, eh? Yeah. Um, where's left. everyone gone anyway? We're, we're, the, we're the only two left rambling on. Um, maybe we were just talking crap. Quap? Too much quap. Oh well, look, that was a good episode. I thought that was yeah. jam-packed full of goodness and Wi-Fi-ness and wirelessness. Sorry, we've got to be quite diverse. I mean, we're not Wi-Fi engineers anymore, as Ryan said. We're mobility engineers. Mobility-ness. Mobility-ness. There you go. Sorted. Well, if we're finishing, I'm going to uh, go and drama. Com. <laughs> there you go. You're going to end it there.